Hello, everyone. We are back with another episode of the None Other Fuck You Mentality, because what the hell else would you be listening to if you're listening to this podcast? <laughs> I'm your glorious host, Lisa G. And if you guys cannot tell, I am nervous as shit right now. Um, I have someone who I idolize. Now, let me let me just say this. I don't idolize many people. I'm not very I just doesn't come off as like egotistical, but I'm just not impressed by many people. But when I learned about the history of this particular person's uh, company, I learned about how much of a trailblazer her and her husband are and how they have just paved the way for the hair industry. I, that's when I was like, wow, like this person is so admirable and I admire her truly. And when I met her team, that's that like sealed the deal, you know, to know how much they loved her and her husband and the company that they have created. It says a lot about a company with what the employees and the people that help the company help run the company. It, it, it says a lot about what they, what they say about them. And clearly I can't even talk cause I'm like stuttering and I'm just so fucking nervous, but without further ado, I want to introduce this iconic innovator who has truly created a chokehold on the industry with her team, with her innovations. Um, so please introduce yourself. Who are we talking with today? What are we doing and what's going on? Wow, Lisa, I'm flattered. Like you had, you've said so many nice words. I, I don't know if I'm worthy of them. <laughs> um, so I'm Maria Gallo, uh, founder of Framar. Um, I have been running Framar for the last 37 years since inception. Um, of course, I've stepped away with from some of my jobs. I've given a lot of my jobs to um, my kids and other employees here. Um, I kind of stayed in the background the last few years. I was in the forefront for many, many years, but I think the guys are doing such a great job that I've kind of stepped back a little bit. Um, but yeah, so that's who I am. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maria, thank you so much. Okay. The podcast is over guys. That's all you need to know. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> this, I have freaking Maria Gallo, the founder, one of the founders of frame art on my podcast. This is like, I have been a pig and shit about this. I was, when I had met, actually, when I was talking to Claire, Claire had asked me, you know, what is the, um, how do you say Framar? And when they taught me the history of what Framar is, that's when my, like, I was already in love with you guys anyway, but that's when it like really set in. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, wow. Like there's, there's a lot more to this story than just being like a company, you know, like it isn't just like a hair tool company. Framar is the two founders name in, in one, in one, word and now they have truly they have the stylist industry in a chokehold you know giving stylists creative freedom um giving them reliable tools and i just think that there was something so powerful when i learned about the name from claire and, and we did this like whole video it was really cute that ever since then i i remember i texted sarah and i was like i i need to interview you guys like i need to i need to know how they did it i need to know their story <laughs> just because it was it was so it was inspirational like, just the two of you and, you know, we're, I'm not going to dive too deep into the interview because I want you to talk. But either way, <laughs> I've just been so excited about this. But today we're going to be talking about the, the female founder of a successful company, being a mother and being a business owner and why imposter syndrome has is so in, important to recognize in your career and, and so much more. But I want to I want to dive into this, Maria. I, I want to know why. Why did you start Framar? Where did the idea come from? How did you start it? I want to know the why behind this brand. Okay, so first, what I, I do want to say is that I wouldn't be sitting here today um, if Frank wasn't cutting edge. So he was a hairstylist and had a salon, 
and honestly, he was an, an amazing hairstylist, colorist. Uh, he did um, a lot of competition work, so endless hours of practicing on models. And um, as a matter of fact, I was a model for him once. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> and uh, once. We didn't win, though. Um, he, his, his strength was uh, cutting and coloring. He wasn't the greatest on styling, but he was the, he was because he didn't, couldn't be bothered, but he was an amazing, amazing stylist. And he would continuously go to Europe, the UK, um, and take classes and, and upgrade himself and just make sure that he's doing the, the most top, you know, the best haircuts um, and just make sure he was the best at what he did. So if he had not been doing that, like on one of his, trips. He uh, was uh, in the UK. He went to a Vidal Sassoon and Tony and Guy course. He came back and he had learned this new technique that he says, hey, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta start, you know, using this on my clients. It's, it's a new technique for foil, for highlights. And at that time, I think I might have had a spiral perm. Now think of a spiral perm and you put a, put a cap on it and you got to pull those with the hooks, mm -hmm. how much breakage there would be. Mm -hmm. How comfortable so, it is. You know, yeah, so he would, he, he would practice on me and he would you know, do the foils and be like, this is really cool, I love it, it doesn't hurt at all. Um, mm -hmm. So he you know, slowly was you know, teaching his, um, uh, not teaching, but uh, you know, changing all his clients to foil. Um, and it was a more uh, costly, as it took a bit more time, it was a more costly, but, but, but actually you were more creative because you can place the, the color, the foils, the, the color exactly where you wanted it. Um, so anyway, I was the foil cutter and um, I was home every night cutting up. We have four clients tomorrow that are looking, they're uh, booked for cap foil, a cap hair uh, highlights. And uh, so we made sure I had enough and made it a little bit extra, but we were every day running out, every day we were running out. And then I was getting all these foil cuts. And so we just thought, hey, there's, a, there's gotta be a better idea to this. We, let's, let's see if we can find, um, between the two of us, we both said, we, let's see if we can find manufacturers that can make us the foils the way we want them. And if we like what we see, maybe we can think about distributing it. Um, so that's how that kind of you know, came about and uh, we, we contacted, uh, I contacted um, many manufacturers. At that time, there was no internet, um, just the phone and the library with the Fraser. I don't know if you know what a Fraser book is where you can look up all the manufacturers. So I'd be going to the no library. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was way back before you were born. Um, so I was contacting many, many different um, manufacturers. And I remember one uh, company sending me samples and they were actually aluminum foil plates from a, uh, think of a screen door, mm. like a screen door has aluminum. Mm -hmm. They sent me samples like that. And I'm like, what the heck is this? I asked for foil. Um, so oh, I, wow. to this day, I still have the samples sitting in my office because it was just, you know, it was just a weird thing how they had sent me. I guess, I guess they didn't really understand me, but, right. um, yeah. So anyway, we, we got a whole bunch of samples. We decided on five by seven gold was going to be our first product. And, uh, it was packaged up obviously in a not nice packaging because, uh, back then, um, foil was not, uh, something that it was a back bar thing. Mm. It was, there wasn't a lot of stores, so it didn't, it didn't matter that if it looked really nice, as long as it, you know, it did the job, 
it was sitting in some back bar and you know some back room so we um we decided that we were going to go from salon to salon and uh you know start you know telling them about the foils well nobody knew about it and we didn't start in our area because the the top like our area is niagara falls it's a very small city um 70 000 people at that time and we decided let's go to toronto toronto's like an hour and a half away let's you know let's go to toronto and start picking the top top salons right mm -hmm. and and we did that so you know you're you're with a client and you're doing mm -hmm. a hair and the salesperson comes in and you're not going to leave your client so you, the salesperson's sitting there for like you know half hour waiting for you to finish for you to talk so that happened maybe seven eight times in one day and then we had to get back because we had two kids at the time right we had giovanni and michael so it's not like we could just you know do whatever we wanted come back whenever we felt like it um, so we did that for a year and we actually enjoyed our days there because we'd go for lunch and we'd meet all different people and, you know, we would get maybe a sale or two in, in, in that day and, and I would go home, I'd ship up, you know, package up the product and ship it out. Or if I had product with me, they would just give it to them that day. Um, so we did that for a year and we're thinking, okay, like we're not getting where we want to be. Okay? Mm -hmm. It was, it was just taking longer I mean yes if we were on there five days a week it'd be different but Frank Frank was doing hair the other days and then I had the kids too so it's not like I could just dump them whenever I wanted to right so um, that's how that kind of started and uh, we decided that okay now let's let's just change it to distribution this we ha we know all the distributors we, we buy from most of them let's contact them so my first distributor uh, we contacted them we sent them samples we went to visit them um, and they bought into it and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> they, they, uh, they actually bought it. So it was, it was good. So, you know, that first one, then there's a second one and the third one. And, and then you get to a few that did, was no, were not interested because they just didn't get it. Um, and then slowly it just started to happen. And, and, uh, you know, that's kind of pretty much how it all started. Yeah. And, and, and the, the Frey and the Mar, like Frank and Rhea, like you said, um, and we also had to think of a name too when that was going on and, and we, even though Framar was the company, we decided, Frank said that we had to give it a name. So he decided that came from him, foil it. Um, but as you know now, uh, that had to change because at that time we just had foil. So it, mm. was, it, it was easy, it was simple. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, as you grow your company, you just, not everything can be called foil it, right? Right. So, yeah. So that's how that kind of started, but yeah. That was, that was going to be my question. So it started as foil it and then you answered my yeah, question. So, but, Why but did it Framer, change to Framer Framer was still the company. Mm -hmm. Okay. Framer was still the company. Okay. And just think of, um, you know, like uh, Kimberly Clark or like, I don't know, what, uh, Nike mm -hmm. might have some different products that they might call the Nike Rapid or the Nike, you know, Excursion or something. So they would have it like that. So this was like Framer foil it. Right. Gotcha. So okay. We could have continued on that route, but um, we just we decided that it might be a better idea as we started getting more products that let's just keep Framar as like a brand. So everybody kind of knew what Framar and then all these other products were just under the Framar brand. So there's a lot of different ways you can go, but we chose we chose to do that. And that that happened probably like 2010 when we decided to when Geo came on board. And um, that was about like the 25th year of business. That's when I. Wow. finally moved out of my office at home <laughs> 25 years at home wow yeah but but we had a warehouse too right okay but I was so, raising the kids so so um, now my question is 
when did Frank decide to finally step away from being behind the chair? Like at what, at what point? So it was about 10 years ago. And I'll tell you that funny story. Oh so, my gosh. So, 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 so Frank, um, he, he had the one salon when we started and then he, um, went, he partnered with another, another gentleman and like there was, there was like four guys and they opened up a couple more salons and they ended up having six salons at one time. And they were like, cutting edge, top notch, you know, like really high end salons. Um, and he had a lot of professional clients and, 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 and he was doing seven days a week, like seven days a week doing hair. And, you know, as things got better and, you know, you, you, you get in a better position financially, you know, he'd go to six days and five days and four days. Um, and um, I was continuing to run the business and he was my mentor. I have to say that like he, even though I was the driver, he was the behind the scenes kind of like, we should be doing this. We should be doing that. Cause he, he's the hairstylist, right? Mm -hmm. But I was the doer. So he, um, he, 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 so went to five to four to three and he was like, you know, he was spend, spending so much time. We had, they had a hundred employees. He was spending so much time running the business that he had no time to do the classes anymore and the competitions. And, and he got to a point where it felt like, I'm not cutting edge anymore. Mm. I, I don't feel comfortable, you know, charging what I charge to my awesome, you know, clients. Um, I need to start stepping away. And he stopped taking new clients. And he slowly, you know, when he'd get a new client, he'd say, who the heck <laughs> booked me a new client? Yeah. Because <laughs> um, he was trying to, you know, step away. So uh, he then completely stopped, you know, doing hair but he was still working. He was managing then. Um, and he was like, you know, you don't, you don't know what, you know, you, you have a company and you don't know how things are going to turn out. And you, you know, you, you have four kids and if he just stops working completely and it's like, a, it's his own company, like part of his, it, it, like he had partners, but you, you just can't say I quit. Right. You know, you have to negotiate all that, you know, mm -hmm. out. Right. So, so anyway, I was in California doing the ice show mm. in um, Long Beach and he called me, I'm in the middle of the show, and, and, and ironically, that's the show we met, Guy Tang. Oh, um, cool. And, yeah, and he, um, he called and he said, and I'm busy, but he called and go, Frank, I'm on time, what do you want? Yeah. And he says, he says, I'm done. He says, pardon? He goes, I'm done, I, I, I'm done, I'm done, I'm finished, I don't wanna do this anymore, I'm done, I'm done. I go, but Frank, wait, 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 this is something we should talk about in person. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, no, I'm just done. Okay, 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 all right, we'll talk about when I get back. So that was it. So that was 2000, I think, 10, um, that he just said, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I'm done and finished. So he, he uh, negotiated a, um, a package, like, not package, but not, yeah, you know, whatever. He had, to, he had to get out of his partnership. Yeah. Not a package, but you know what I mean. So, yeah, and it's still scary, though, because now you, you, you don't have that income anymore. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we had to really make sure that this was going to really push forward. Um, and I had to start, you know, really, you know, seriously, you know, taking aggressive steps to make, the, to, to grow the company. Right. And that's, I think that's about when Geo, like a Geo had come on board. Okay. And we, we ramped, we revamped, uh, all of our products and, um, we got, you know, put a new booth, brought up a new booth, just, you know, that's how things kind of, yeah, so that's that end. <laughs> that's. That's what, and that happened 2010. I'm just yeah. shocked that he was, he still did hair for that long. 
Yeah, it was like I think it was forty years, maybe. Yeah. Just ten he years was, ago, he was he was done. Just yeah. ten years ago, like yeah. I I feel like yeah. that wasn't that long ago. No, no. So like I said, he 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 was very instrumental in a lot of different things that we brought in. As mm -hmm. a matter of fact, uh, another cute little story to kind of not to get off topic, but um, when we were looking to make a color brush, uh, he he was a tester. He was the, he was sure. the person that had to try try everything, right? Yeah. And uh, I remember him trying it and put, putting it on the mannequin, and he going, Oh my god. Where have you been all my life? <laughs> That's amazing. He actually said that because if I don't know if you know this, but I, I like they got they got color brushes for free for many many years, mm. and um, but they're cheap. Yep, and they they're, suck. They're not very good. They suck. <laughs> no, they so suck. So they do. They suck. And um, so that was one of the reasons. Like he, he, you know, we'd say, what what can we look at to make better? What can we do to you know what can we do that would help the stylist? And make their life easier. Mm -hmm. And the first thing he says, "Oh my God, we got to get a new color brush because these ones that they the color the color companies are they're just not good. Not nothing against the color companies because sure, you know, it's, but they give them for free, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, the, so that's the common thread that I'm hearing from here. So like I'm learning a lot right now. Like I'm learning a lot, not just not just about frame art, but also like about the hair industry. I'm 27. I've been doing hair for 12 years. You know, I'm still a very I'm an infant in the industry. Mm -hmm. So. You might not claim it, but I'm going to claim it for you. So basically what you're telling me is that you guys truly did change the hair industry as a collective. Like you're talking about, you changed the color brushes. You guys introduced yep. foils. I'm not saying like, you know, you made the foils, but like you did, you know? Yeah. That's no, wild. I, 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 I want to say that um, it took a lot. It was hard. It wasn't sure. Easy. You yeah. Like to convince people to get yeah. hairstylist to, to, to use foil. Like, well, I never heard of that before. And I remember going to our first show in um, Buffalo, which okay. is right across the border in the United States. And we were trying to show everybody, you know, how the foil works. And Frank would be up there doing the foil, you know, doing the foils on a mannequin or on a con or on like a, a, a model. Mm -hmm. And they'd come up and say, isn't that the foil for nails? And I said, no, it's for hair, for highlights. I've never seen this before. Wow. But, I yeah. to be to be at that time like watching that that would be insane. Like I I cannot You guys yeah, you guys you guys paved the way. You changed the industry. Like I I don't even know where to go from this point. Oh my like I my mind is blown right now. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you know you you try you try and make things easy for everybody and if if it makes it it made it easier for 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 our salon and our our people. Right. And, and you know that it's working, so it's got to be good for many right. others. And why not share it? And why not, you know, and become an innovator in, in your industry? So, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it's, it feels good. It feels it, good. I, I would claim that. I'm sure it feels amazing. And mm -hmm. I want to, I want to talk about you, though. You know, so you said you were at home for 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. So have you just always naturally been an entrepreneur like I love that he was a stylist and then mm -hmm. you were you were like the guts to like to do it you know mm -hmm. so you know did you have any career aspirations growing up or did this just kind of you know where, okay. where did you where did you shift so, into how you do what you're doing so so I'm going to be really honest okay. I did not have any entrepreneurial in my blood 
at all. Like I have family members that were entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, but um, I, my family, my father was a working man that worked at GM and you know, had five kids and just you know wasn't it wasn't in my blood, but Frank is the entrepreneur. He is the idea guy. He is he is the one that like I said is my mentor, mm -hmm. and he um, he is the one that knew business from he when he was probably about five or six or seven years old. So a little bit off topic, but he lived in Italy till he was about 14 mm -hmm. years old. They lived off their land. So Frank was the one that um, would sell, his mother would make ricotta, which is like cottage cheese kind of, you know, mm -hmm. like she'd make it fresh naturally. And so he would be the one to go from door to door to sell it. And he had, he had clients. Okay. And he, used to, he tells me that he used to think, um, he used to think, hmm, so I sold seven of these. If I sell more, I can make more money, mm -hmm. like uh, for our family. So he had that mentality already at, you know, se you know seven, age. eight years old. Yeah. Right. So he had that. And then, like you see, he came to, uh, to Canada and he became a hairstylist and then he decided to open up his own salon. So he had that. So he, he's the one that kind of got me, you know, going. But if you are a person that is, um, you're, you're, you have, I don't know, you're a digger. You're, 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 you're I don't know how could explain go it. A go-getter. Mm. You, whatever you want to do, you're going to do it. Yep. You're just going to do it. You're going to find a way to do it. Yep. Right. And if you don't like, you go down this avenue, you don't like what you see, you're going to go down another avenue. And yep. you're going to go until you find what you want. Yep. And that's, that's just the way it is. Oops. That's Frank. <laughs> Oh, you Hold should on. put him on. Put him on speaker. <laughs> let's let's, 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 let's put him on. Hi, Frank. Hi, Frank. Hi. Okay, you got a pen? No, but can you say, can you say hello to Lisa? Who's Lisa? Lisa's the girl that's interviewing me. She's a, a very top-notch hairstylist that's doing a uh, a podcast right now. Can you say hello to her? Hi, Elizabeth. No. <laughs> Not Elizabeth. Lisa. Lisa. Can you say hi, Lisa? Hi, Lisa. Can you hear him, Lisa? Yeah, that is. I'll take Elizabeth. Okay, That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, Frank, I wish you were here. Well, I wish I was here too, but yeah, I never got the invitation. Oh, <laughs> we didn't invite him. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You okay, I was just I was just talking about you, talking about when you used to sell the ricotta. I know you forgot the frog. No, okay, no. You want the okay, no, not right now. Just text it to okay, me, okay? All right, ciao. Bye. Uh, bye. Okay. Bye. Bye, Lisa. Bye, Lisa. <laughs> he says bye, Lisa. Bye. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. No, that was um, that was that was the highlight. That was amazing, yeah. Elizabeth. I'll take it. I'll take Elizabeth. <laughs> Anyway, I kind of got off a little bit like that. So, like I said, no, I, okay. I can't take all the credit for the entrepreneur. Uh, like I said, if, if you have the will, the way you will do, you'll do whatever it takes. It doesn't matter. You don't even. As, as, I don't have, by the way, I don't have a university degree. I have a call a college uh, degree, but not a university degree. And um, even if you don't have a degree, like I said, if you have, you'll you'll figure it out. You'll just oh, yeah. figure it out. But to answer your real question. Um, I enjoyed fashion. I was, I used to model. Um, I love photography. I did a lot of, a lot of photography when I was growing up with, you know, my, with my family, uh, with my, with my own siblings, my, my family, my, my, when I had kids, um, I stick lots of plenty of photos. And I can tell you that 
raising the kids. Yeah, I had a really hard time with them. They don't ne never want to take pictures. And, um, but it's paid off now because the pictures I did take and forced them to take, they're all coming to me. Hey, do you have pictures of this? Do you have pictures of this? Can you put pictures of this? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so, so that part really paid off. Um, and, you know, like I, I just, I, I, loved, I loved taking pictures. And even in the early years when I couldn't afford a photographer to take pictures, like professional pictures, I would take pictures myself. And some of my pictures in the early years were my own pictures. And even sometimes, like, I didn't get the right lighting. I'd go outside. I'd put the, put the foil in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> and take a really cool picture, like, Christmas, like, November, December deals and sitting in the snow and, yeah, things like that. So, like, I told Declare, I said, I have to dig up some pictures of the, the snow pictures. <laughs> but Th That um, would be iconic. Yeah. I think that would be a great way yeah. to re-release something. Yeah. I think that would be Yeah, it, 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 it just might be, yeah. So, yeah, I had a lot of passion for photography, and, uh, and I still do. And mm -hmm. I just did a, a trip to Africa. I saw. This on, yeah, this was on Frank's bucket list. It wasn't on mine, but, I mean, I still I was willing to go. Um, but um, so here I am, my son, Michael, who is not, he's not involved in the business, but he came, and my brother, Pat, and Frank and myself, and so we're in the Jeep, and, uh, you know, Michael's taking these amazing shots with his, like, massive lenses. And it was killing me because I just had a brand-new iPhone. And I was excited about my brand-new iPhone. Yeah. But I know, I know how much it, you know, to take pictures close up. with you need, you need all that stuff, all that gear, and it was killing me. So I said, never again am I going to go on a trip where, you know, photography is really important. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a lot going on. That's why I just said I'm... I'm I'll let, he, he took the pictures and mm -hmm. I'll just use his pictures. <laughs> I'm sure it's awesome just to at least watch him. Like you're, it's yeah. like a little part of your passion, a little part of like your yeah. identity kind of like feeding yeah. into him, you know? Yeah. I was <laughs> fortunate to have met some of your team. I met Sarah, I met Claire, I met French, I met Gio. I think I met Claire. You have to tell me, did I make, I make, I think I met a Danny. Um, I might've been. Did Danny um, come? I don't think so. No, oh, oh, maybe not. Matt. Matt. It was Panetta. Matt Panetta. Matt Panetta. Oh, I think. yeah. Okay, yeah. yes. Um, yeah. So he's I met. Just, he's just French's like best friend. Yeah, like, he, helps, oh, he, helps, okay. he helps when we ha when we do shows sometimes. He oh, comes yes. along. Dave has Dave. a mustache. Yes, that's, that's who I was thinking D. of. And Lloyd was, that was his like first event. Yeah, he first came one. with us as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was fortunate to have met some of your team and I got to learn that there are four boys there are mm -hmm. four yeah. now i only met two and both mm -hmm. of them are a hoot they both have yeah. ginormous personalities yeah. you know they are loved by many but i i sat back and i was like how the hell did maria have four of these and run <laughs> this company you know i'm i'm going crazy i have a dog you know i have my dog who farted earlier and i made him get out of the room <laughs> that's what i have so for the self-made entrepreneurial mothers, because I think this is a huge thing. I think a lot of people think, oh, I can't do things because I have kids or I can't do things because I have a family. And even, even myself, I battle with, with balance and just having a dog, you know, and I couldn't imagine having a child. What are some pieces of advice for, for these women who want to be powerful and um, want to create balance, you know, coming from somebody who raised four boys while raising a innovative company? Well, I can tell you it wasn't easy. 
Yeah, it, I can it, only imagine. It was not, it was not easy. Um, in the beginning, it, there wasn't as, as much time, so it, it, that, that part I can't really say that it was difficult um, because it just, it, your family always came first and it was on the back burner. But, um, but you have to prioritize um, all your priorities. You have to know what's important that that's, means the most. And to me, um, in my early years, is family. So that's why the business was kind of always on the back burner. And that's probably why you can see where if it's a 37-year-old company that you're only finding out about, you know, in the last 10 years, because my focus was my family. And, you know, when you have um, four kids in 11 years, uh, by the time that youngest is at a time where I can start, you know, flying, you know, mm -hmm. really leaving the nest, you know, he's, you know, 12, 13, 14. So it's a lot of years. And that was like for the 25th year um, that I finally, <clears throat> we, we moved into a new warehouse and uh, Gio says, Ma, Ma, when are you going to come to the warehouse? You got a beautiful new office. Get over here. And it's like trying to break through because, it, you know, I still had, you know, Roberto coming home from school and, and you know, I just kind of wanted to be there. You just have that mother in you, right? So, um, like so I said, your priorities, just make sure you try and you know, know what your priorities are and, and make sure you do what you think is important. Um, you know, define what matters to you most, your family. Um, at our house, we, we like our, our dinners are, was most important. Like our Sunday dinners were all together. And you know, in the early days, it was a lot with my, with my family, my parents. We'd eat at my parents' house or my mother-in-law's house, or they would come to our house. But every Sunday, one o'clock, um, we'd be all together having a glass of wine, you know, talking about everything, everything. business, yeah. family, Italy, all the different things that are, you know, traditions, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so prioritizing, you know, all your priorities is really, you know, and, and you have to make sure that they align with all your family's needs. You know, your, your family, if, if, you're, if your family's the most important thing, that's what you gotta, that's what you have to do. And the other stuff, you'll get it done. You'll just have to do it, you know, um, when you make time for it. Mm -hmm. And like, that's why this business took so much longer. And do I have regrets? No, <laughs> no, I don't have any regrets because, um, I, I think my kids turned out okay. They turned out great. Uh, yeah. I think they turned out okay. And I, I, I you know, taught them good values. It doesn't mean that, it, that if I chose to do my business, and, and, and had, you know, it doesn't mean that they wouldn't have turned out okay. It's just that was really important to me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so the other thing is maybe you leverage all your support networks. Like, oh, my God, I don't know how I would have done it without my family. Like, yeah. I have four brothers and sisters. Frank has four brothers. So he comes from a family of five boys. And I can't, I can count, like, I can't count how many times over the years that they've helped us out and, and through trade shows and, you know, going to sales meetings and, you know, cause Frank, if you remember, Frank was running his businesses. He's, he was, he was doing all that stuff. So, um, he didn't even, and a little bit later years, he didn't even come to the trade shows with me anymore. Um, mm -hmm. because you know, he also had to help with the kids too, because there were so many soccer, soccer, hockey, this, that, everything under the sun. Um, and then he had long hours too. As a matter of fact, sometimes when I used to go to some of the sports events, um, uh, I used to think I was a single mother because he was hardly ever around. He right. was too busy running his business. And those were like, you know, when he was working maybe five, six, seven days a week. Um, so yeah, so I can't say how grateful I am. And I'm just 
surrounded by an inc like incredible network of caregivers, friends, and you know just everybody that helped helped us get to where we are. Um, so you know, building your support network is really really important. You just can't start a business and you have kids and then have no one to help you. Right. And and, I have a and that was one of the things. You know, to be just a California thing. So mm -hmm. Frank and I went on our one year anniversary to California, and we visited with two of our my father's brother and my mother's brother and we stayed five days at each one in Ontario California called Upland mm -hmm. and the other one in um, San Juan Capistrano Beach yeah. which is not yeah. too far from you yeah and Frank fell in love with California like he just loved it and he says and we had no kids then it was our first year university he says well yeah, let's move here and I said yes yeah, much for my love California Frank I, I, no no, because if we want to have kids, like, you know, like at that time I had no, had no idea about I was running, going to be running a business, but he had a business. And I just said, no, we, 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 have, we have family. Like, I want to be near. I want my, if when we have kids, I want my, my, my kids to see my, their, their, their grandparents. Their, mm -hmm. I want them to know all their aunts and uncles. I want them to be around them. Mm -hmm. Like, my, I want to say my sister, Roseanne, she was like a second mother to, uh, between her and my mother. And Frank's mother, like second mother to to Giovanni, mm -hmm. um, and Michael, so it's 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 really important. So are those yeah. the oldest? The oldest is Giovanni. Okay. And then Michael, Michael, who doesn't work with us, he works for ESPN, but in the oh, Canadian wow. version. Wow. Yeah, he uh, knew what he wanted to do when he was seven years old. So oh, he yeah? chose he chose his path, and he loves it. Although we are secretly trying to recruit him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, secretly. I've, I've exposed it now. Yeah, it's not so secret yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying because he's, he's a very worldly and worldly and he's, he, he's been around the business for so long. He, he, he understands um, and he might be, a, a, I think he would be a great asset. Um, the other thing is that your quality and quantity. So you have to focus on the quality of time when you're with your family. So in other words, like when we're having dinner, like, okay, get those, get, don't, no phones, no phones. Those, mm -hmm. Being know, present. It's very easy, yeah. They're very, very easy to have your phone and just, yeah, you know. If it's something important you're waiting for, I get it, you know, but, um, you know, put the phones away. And, you know, let's try and do some family things. Let's go out there and play bocce. Let's, you know, let's uh, play a game together. Like we would play lots of, um, uh, what was it called, cheat. Cheat and and and, and game. yeah, cheat and just we I could, could we, picture you all yelling. Oh my god! And we used to play forks, and where you'd have to grab a fork, and the fork would be going flying through the room, and it was a big thing when we get together with everybody. We think, you guys are crazy. You guys yeah. are nuts. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it's just important to have that quality time uh, when you're with when you're together. Um, yeah, so I don't know what else would be. Um, I guess self-care and mm. you know what i'm gonna tell you that i'm not really good at it that's the hardest one yeah um in the earlier years uh i made time to exercise because i i remember my father growing up um he would exercise every single morning so i knew how important exercise was so i played i i i, I didn't play any sports growing up but then when I got older, like 18, 19, I, you know, I played baseball and I played soccer. When I got, after I got married, I played soccer. I wasn't very good at it, but I had stamina and, you know, I just, I, 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 I wanted to keep, try and keep fit. I used to jog. Um, but those were the, 
easier times. I don't know. And since like about 2010, when we went full speed, you know, um, it's been like a roller coaster, like, like just like ugh, continuous. Like I just, oh my God, like I can't get off. This is really going fast here, right? Mm -hmm. But it's all good. Um, but whether it's exercise or hobbies or quality, you know, quality time, just taking the time to relax, which I don't do. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know how to relax. Mm -hmm. um, th those are important. Those are important things because you have to come down and I have a hard time coming down. I am. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think I, as time goes on, it is self care with as businesses grow and as like your ambitions grow, it looks different. So I think, mm -hmm. I think, cause I struggle with it too, like coming down, but coming down might be for me, it's cooking. Like I cook almost every day. Oh, that's I, like oh, do you, my you cook. I love, yeah. I love cooking too. I'm from France, by the way. Oh, get out! Yeah, you were born there. Yeah, I came to the states when I was I don't even know, like maybe I was young. I was like five or six. Oh, so parlez-vous français? Ah, uh, comme c'est comme ça. Not not much anymore. Oh. Yeah, not much anymore. <laughs> it was my first language, but as I've evolved, but um, cooking is like the one the one thing that, you know, if I haven't gotten a pedicure, if I haven't worked out, if I haven't really taken the time to do self-care, cooking is just that one thing that just always brings yeah. me back down. That's why I try to do it every day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, cooking is good for us too because we love to eat. So if you love to eat, hey, you same. really need to know how to cook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to come down here. We'll I have to cook up a storm. Uh, Maria, if I swear to God, Claire, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Me yeah. and Maria throwing down in the kitchen. I'll make chakuchi. Yeah. You can make oh the pasta. God. You can make whatever. Yep. Oh, yeah. We're, we're planning it now. Okay, guys. Yeah. Everyone, everyone no, no, you heard no, it first. No, seriously, because I'm saying we're, we're putting in two new kitchens, one in like in the boardroom and one downstairs in the lunchroom. So it's, it's going to have an island, oh. which Gio fought me on. And I said, no, no, I want an island. We got to do an island. So, what? So yeah, no, he fought me on it. So, so after I like bullied him, and said no i'm getting it like like this is my company if i want yeah. an island i want an island so the first thing he says oh i can't wait to make pizza on that oh, pizza <laughs> of all yeah. things pizza yep oh yep. my gosh yeah so open communication is another thing to make sure you're open with your family and talking about um what you're doing uh, and like yes the kids they, they were they helped us do a lot during all those years all the trade show setups and and coming to sell the shows. And I can tell you that, you know, we would tell them everything. This is what we're doing. This is what you need to do with us. And I'm gonna give you an example. Um, so we used to make these sample sheets and put them in, in envelopes and we would give them out to the stylists. Um, so they can, you know, try and feel the different thicknesses and the different colors, see different colors. So Michael was in charge of when a client, when it, you know, bought something or whatever, when they came by the booth, he'd give all the samples. Well, here he was, seven, eight years old, and um, he's a baby. You know, I know, I know. Uh, and this was Michael. This was the, the the ESPN guy. Yep. So he, you know, a, a customer would come by there, and they would look, and you know, you know, they wouldn't buy, and and so I said, Michael, give them samples. He goes, No, no, they didn't buy. <laughs> I said, Michael, give them, give them samples. <laughs> no, mom, they, they didn't buy. He was so stingy. He just wanted to make sure they bought, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But he's that um, little natural entrepreneur he gets from his dad. <laughs> so yeah, he is too. He he has his own little he has a little business on the side that he mm -hmm. does, and and uh, plus he has the photography, which is not a business, but he has that, and then he has the the ESPN. But 
yeah, so I, I always made sure that they knew what we were doing and, and they used to like help us unload the trucks. Mm -hmm. I'd make sure in time the trucks to come like after three o'clock. So, so, cause they come to our house yep. for many, many years. And here they are, all four of them, even Roberto Just, at like at six years old or five years old, helping unload the truck. Ah, um, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's important. So then they, they, they see this growing up. Did they enjoy what they were doing? No. No. No, because it was work for them. Absolutely. I used to put stickers on, on products. Mm -hmm. um, and I used to pay them. You know, they would get paid. They wouldn't get to keep their money. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Uh, that's important so they get to see. So, so they remember a lot of that stuff. And yeah. I can also tell you that when Gio first started came to work for us, um, like, you know, he came to work for us. But it's not like he was in love. He knew, he, he, he said, I, I think I want to do this. And I said, okay, well, come on board and, you know, we'll see where it all takes us. And, you know, he would go through the motions and he would, like, you, know, uh, you know, we were looking for new products and things like that. And we're doing shows. And I didn't see passion yet. And I was like worried that, you know, like, because you have to have the passion for it, right? And we started doing the shows and the more he got to know, but he didn't know anybody. He didn't know anybody. He, he, can't, he just knew maybe a couple, select few from helping us, you know, but, but once he got to know people, and back then we were just in Canada, but once he got to know people and we were going, you know, from Vancouver to Quebec, to Newfoundland, to you know, uh, Winnipeg, to uh, you know, all different parts of Canada. Um, he got to know them. He got familiar with them. And he slowly, the passion started coming. And I can tell you, when I first, you know, when I first felt that he had the passion, I, it melted my heart. Mm -hmm. It really melted my heart um, because then I knew I got him. You did it, like. <laughs> You yeah, got yeah. Him to I got understand. Him. Yeah, yeah, I got him to understand what it is. And, yeah. and, and if you don't have the passion, you don't it doesn't have matter. It. You're not gonna. You don't have it. You're not gonna do it. It's not gonna be there for you. It's just gonna be a job. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not there. So, but you have to have the passion, and then you will enjoy. It won't be a job. It, you'll enjoy what you're doing. But that and passion also Francesco. came from came from you showing them over yes. the years, like, hey, this yes. is what mom and dad do. Yes they got to see like the nitty gritty and how yep. you built this company. Yep. I think that they remember is, that's now. the cool yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah. And it, they happened with Francesco too. I wasn't sure if he was going to get it either. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. He, cause he, he worked in the, like they all start the warehouse, eh? They all start the warehouse doing packing orders. Francesco did it the longest because we were ready to move into our new warehouse. We didn't have an office for him. So once we got into the new where, new warehouse at that time, you know, and he had his own office and he can like, oh, okay, now I can really do what I want to do. And he really like the marketing part, the Instagram, he really showed his true colors. And then I knew he had the passion. Mm -hmm. Like when he was like on continuously on his phone, continuously on Instagram, caring about what's posted, like and all that kind of stuff. And then I knew he had it and you know, yeah, so it's just it, that that feeling is so good as a mom. I never pressured them. I never pushed them. Like I said, if I would, if that was the case, I would have pushed. Michael would have been with us too. Right. But I, you want them to follow their dreams and do what, what makes them happy, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Uh, the other I thing I think the is, boys um, turned out pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I I I want to say you're holding your breath for many many years though. Mm -hmm. For many many years, just making sure that they're on the right path, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, um, the other thing I want to say is that uh, you want to set realistic expectations. And I can tell you that I was a perfectionist and it was driving me crazy because with the boys, they're just boys. 
and, and if you have maybe one or two, you might be able to get away with it. But when you got four plus Frank, it, they five. I, you can't be perfect anymore. Yeah. So you have to be realistic and say, I got to let things go. I, I can't do everything. I can't, you know, I'd say make your beds. They don't want so I, you know, Frank says, don't force them. They're boys. What's the difference? Boy, girl, I don't really care. They should be doing their stuff. But, you know, I, I just, I gave up. I gave up and I just said, you know what, I'm just going to, we're going to do what we can do. Um, you know, the most important thing is that they had a home cooked meal because mm -hmm. I know they ate well and that was important for me. And, and, and then that, the rest was gravy. Whatever we could get done, whatever we could do, we did. Um, but so, you know, anybody who's either in the corporate world and you're at a, a high level and, and, or if you're an entrepreneur, just don't be hard on yourself. Just, you know, you're doing something that's, you know, it, it, almost impossible. So just, you know, you're, you're there. You're already there. Just keep on doing what you're doing. You're doing an amazing job. Just don't ever underestimate yourself. Mm -hmm. Just keep on going and knowing that you are the best you can be. You can't be perfect. Um, sometimes you feel like you're falling um, and you're, you're just thinking, oh, my God, what a you know, bad day. I don't know why I'm doing this. But you, you look back and say, okay, look, I'm here. I'm here. We're here. Like, just get up. Pick up yourself and just go. Mm -hmm. You can do it. And it just, you have to be your own cheerleader sometimes. <laughs> right. And, 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 and give yourself your, your, your pat on your back and your boost, and, and you can just pick up and go. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much on that part for setting your realistic expectations. Um, yeah. I own an education company, and I'm in the process of trying to build this company, and I'm trying to build a podcast. I'm trying to build my personal brand. I'm trying to do all these things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after a while, you get hard on yourself because you're like, dang, you know, it's not where it needs to be, or I, I'm, not, I'm not succeeding the way that I want. So to hear oh. like, like the, the honesty part of this, it just reminded me like, dang, I am, I'm not doing too bad. This was very comforting. So I hope that anyone who listens to this podcast, like, I think that this was besides the point of understanding who Framar is and how they were built, this is coming from somebody who ha who's done it and who continues mm -hmm. to do it and is honest about it. Yeah. Uh, Kudos to you because, you know, you're starting out just like I started out. And, you know, just just keep on doing it. You will get there. If you're, like I said, if you've got the, the passion, you'll do it. No problem. Yeah. No problem at all. Well, thank Hey, I'm going to get that But it's not easy. It's, 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 don't, think, don't think it's not easy. <laughs> no, it's, no. It's, don't think it's, it's easy. It's not. Yes, you yes. still got to work hard. Oh, I know. The long hours and the, and the endless... You know, whatever education, uh, the you know, just looking into how you can make your business better, and like uh, you know, back then I didn't have internet right. to search things. You know, now today you can search anything. You can search how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I make this better? How do I listen to this podcast? Listen to this. So you can you can always make yourself better today. Back then, no, I really just, didn't have. Just took guts. I only had my husband. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk about imposter syndrome. So one of the big, one of the big reasons why I have the podcast is one of the, the biggest, oh God, I didn't even backtrack. The reason why the fucking mentality started is because <laughs> there, there needs to be a place for entrepreneurs to learn about this stuff, you know, cause I think a lot of times people glorify being an entrepreneur and they don't like to talk about the, the nitty gritty, like how hard it is and how challenging yeah. it can be. And also just being honest about your journey. 
And one of the number one things that we talk about is imposter syndrome, because I think a lot of times our imposter syndrome can stop us from succeeding yep. or actually sitting and being grateful for what we've created. Mm-hmm. So one of the one of the key reasons why I loved your company and you as an just you, you know, of course, Frank and Maria, but Maria is you're a woman taking <laughs> charge of this industry. And I'm not to say women aren't successful, but we all know the generations and generations, it's, it's male dominated. And that's just the reality mm-hmm. of the world. But a woman trailblazer just like freezing through the beauty industry. <laughs> there has to be a level of imposter syndrome that you dealt yeah. with and probably still deal with. So what was your biggest challenge of making headway in, in, this, in this beauty industry? Well, honestly, uh, you know, I, I had imposter syndrome and I still, I still get it. But I, I, I struggled with it, and I didn't know there was actually a name for it. I, I really did not know. I just found out recently at another podcast. No way! That was the question. Yeah. That was the question. I go, I, I actually, to be so honest with you, um, I, I, I went to my son and I said, do you know what this means? Because, like, I don't really understand this imposter syndrome thing. He goes, oh, it's nothing. It's just like, yeah. So I just went and asked the girls. I go, do you guys know what this is? And then they told me. And I go, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this That's has happened hilarious. to me so many times. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know it was called imposter syndrome. I had no idea. Okay. So now I knew what I was talking about. I can answer the question. Right, right. So, like, you know how many times I've walked into a distributor meeting you know, in the early years, um, and I knew my product, I knew everything, I knew I, I knew everything about everything. Um, but I would walk in and then they'd see, you know, 99% male, you know, they call them uh, sales, sales people, uh, DCs or whatever you call, whatever they're called today. Um, but uh, I would be intimidated and I'm thinking, I don't know, should I be doing this? Am I good enough? Am I good enough to present this? Am I good enough to be talking about my product? Should I be hiring somebody else? Should I not be in this business? Like I just, all those things are go through my mind. Um, and I, I can tell you that there's like so many other occasions where, um, you know, big heads of companies who we're going to be doing business with. And I'm talking with this really high profile, you know, gentleman. And, um, we're talking like we're shooting the ship, but I feel like, okay, am I okay to, talk to him like I, I I'm not at the, his level educational wise mm-hmm. um but no that nobody ever 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 made me feel like I was you know beneath them mm-hmm. um maybe because um maybe I don't know I don't know why because maybe I had proven myself I, I was out there I've been in you know business for so many years they, they they know that we had a good pro I don't know I don't know but I can tell you that I did feel it many many times I just um I, I, I had to just kick myself and say, no, you're here. You're here. You're here. You, you, you're, you, you are you. You are, you're Maria Gallo. You're the Mar and Framar. Yeah. <laughs> you're okay. <laughs> you're, you can do this. And, and, you know, I, I, I can say that I, I did feel that, but mm-hmm. we have to just kick ourselves and say, we're here and we need to just push forward and, uh, there's a, there's a limiting belief that I think stems from a lot of us. And I think a lot of the narrative comes from, okay, well, you need an education to be successful or you need, you know, you need a college degree or you need a master's or you need whatever. Um, and that, that narrative was, you know, big with you where you were growing in the industry 30, yep. however many years ago, you know, now I would say it's more 
accepted that you don't mm -hmm. have a university yep. degree or college degree, but I can only imagine, again, being a trailblazer, being successful in a time like that where you did, like it was kind of like it frowned was, upon yes, to not yes. have yes. this like super wide education or yep. like not talk like you're smart or whatever the case would be. So I, I, ad I admired that, that like you, you kind of, you literally bulldozed your way through despite not being like this million dollar person. You're just like, I know what I'm talking about and yeah. I know I have a good product, um, yeah. but I, I can only imagine, yeah, the level of imposter syndrome yeah. that comes from it, that. If you believe in what you are working with, your, your products that you sell. Yep, it'll come through. And, or whatever, yeah, it'll come through. Whatever, whatever yep. service or product, because you have faith in it and it, it, it gives you the power inside to talk about it and be really confident about it. Um, and you know, it, 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 it all comes out, it, it all comes out and uh, the education part. Yeah, it did, it did, it did bother me. Um, you know, is it education important? I do believe it's important. Um, that's why I made the boys, like I said, you need to go to school. Um, cause I want you guys to be better than me. Right. I, I want you to be much better than me. You know, can we do it without school? Yes, we can still do it. Cause if we have the drive, the power, the, the passion, you can still do it. You can do anything, but would education help you? Yeah, of course it will. It's an asset. Mm -hmm. It's an asset. Um, but there's nothing like the real thing. Theory is theory, but an actual working environment is the real thing. You know, that there's nothing that can beat that. There is this audio that I just listened to and it says passion beats knowledge every time. I think that's what you it got says. It. Yeah. And it's, it's actually, I think it was Adam Sandler that said it. Um, and I, I listened to it or obsession, it's obsession and passion beats knowledge every time. You might not know what you're doing, but if you're just yep. so obsessed and yes. so passionate about yep. where you're going, that will exude farther yep. than yep. you speaking like an educated person, you know? Yeah, no, I agree 100%. As a matter of fact, I was telling Claire, I said, I can't tell you the amount of times where I'd be talking to like a very important person in a company and talking about, I remember trying to get into the color companies um, and, you know, talking to like a person that would be the buying person or it would be even just like a, a, a not even a buying person, somebody high up there. And I would be talking about them and I was so passionate that I'd finish the conversation. They'd say, can I hire you? <laughs> I love and I'd it. say, whoa, wait a second. No, I can't. I have my company. I can't. I can't like I got my hired. own thing. But the passion yeah. just is, it's so, it's yeah. infectious. It's, it's just, yeah. It just, it exudes, like I said, it exudes more than actually like kind of knowing what you're talking about, you know? Yeah. And I have a hard time saying this sometimes because I don't want to sound like I'm trying to, to, you know, make my bubble big because right. I'm not that type of person. Of but course. I'm just, since you were saying that, I thought I would just share that with you. But it happened quite a few times. Even my vendors, some of my vendors would say, I need you, I need to hire you because I just, just the way I negotiated costs and things like that. They just said, you know, you are so good at your job. You're, you're driving me crazy. <laughs> um, you, I, I want to hire you because I think you'd be a really good asset. No, I can't. No, I'm working for myself. <laughs> no, you're like, buy my product and that's how you'll yeah. hire me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, but, what's, uh, uh, what's some advice you would give to some other people who are trying to overcome their imposter syndrome? Just ignore those feelings. Just ignore them. Pretend that they are not there. Um, just always, you know, I've always said if your dreams aren't big enough um, 
and, and they don't scare you, they're not, they're not big enough. I'm mm -hmm. saying, if they don't scare you, they're not big enough. I like um, that. When, when, you, when we built our first Framar, um, our first building for Framar, uh, man, I was scared. That was in 2015 because that was our first build, and I, I, was, I was so scared. Because if something went wrong, like, you know, I, I don't, I, I can't, you know, when you're going up a ladder mm -hmm. and uh, it's really easy, I'm saying it's hard to go up, but I mean, it's, it's really difficult to have to go down. Mm -hmm. um, so I was scared that if we failed, you know, like I wasn't confident enough that, oh, everything is going to work out perfectly. I was always the, the cautious person. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I would just say just, you know, like just believe in yourself and just, you know, hit yourself on the shoulder and just say, no, come on. Um, forget about this imposter syndrome. It, it's, it's, you are you. You're here, right? So and you are worth it. Once, yeah, once, you know, you break down those barriers, you, you know, you establish yourself and you just say, no, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, again, I'm the, I'm the Mar and Framar. I got here, so. I love uh, that. I'm the Mar yeah. and Framar. <laughs> Buy my products. It's amazing. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I love that advice. I think it's important to, I think it's important to honor the feelings and to honor like, oh, why am I saying that to myself? But then it's also important to be like, that's not true. No, it's not true. Just mm -hmm. you have to be your own, like I said, your own cheerleader. And, and, and you got to talk to yourself. But just stop thinking like that. Just stop thinking like that. Why are you here? <laughs> why are you here? Uh, How'd you get here? Yeah. Yeah, how'd it you wasn't, get here? It wasn't because you allowed those thoughts yeah. to let you stop. You you yeah. honored the thoughts. Like, you kind of have that little bit of doubt, but you just kept pushing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I'm excited about this next question because they added this question after after we talked about all of our questions. And when, when Claire had emailed me and said, hey, we want to add this, I was like, holy shit, this is a fantastic question. So what would you say is one of the toughest challenges facing women in business who want to have it all both in the work life and family life? Because damn, if that's not the million dollar question. And the million dollar answer is that you can't have it all. Oh, I'm why sorry. not? No, I, I'm sorry. You, you just can't because there's always something that's going to suffer. Mm -hmm. Always. So if anybody's telling you that they have it all, they're lying. They're lying, they're lying. because you're always going to have that guilt um, you should be doing this, but you're doing this. Oh, but I should be doing this, and I'm doing this. And I just I told um, Claire the little story yesterday about Francesco getting on the bus. So um, I had hired um, a wonderful, a wonderful, like two wonderful girls. Uh, once, once Roberto was uh, born, and then we moved into a new house, and I knew I had to get really focused on getting this, this business going. I mean, he, he was a baby, and he put me behind. He, he actually, he was a surprise baby. Even though we wanted four kids, Roberto was a surprise baby. Um, and then I shouldn't say he put me behind. I don't want to say that. Between Michael and Francesco, I, I held off having Francesco because we wanted to get the business going. And then after Francesco, he was a real handful. So we said we can't have a fourth. If we want to get this business going, he was such a handful that I, I can't, there's no way I can do it. So um, Francesco uh, was about three and a half years old and I booked a, kind of going a little bit off topic here, but um, I booked a trade show, my very first trade show in New York. Mm. And uh, I was excited, I was scared, I was so scared because even though I'd been to that show so many times, I'd never actually worked it. 
So we booked the show, and you know, it was like probably three months away, and I got pregnant. And um, there was, I wasn't feeling good, and there was just no way I, I, I could go because I wasn't feeling good. It's just everything was just, I was, I was confused. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? How, I, oh my God, I have this plan. I, this is going to put me back even more. Right. So we decided, um, you know, I, I had Roberta, we decided that I need to hire somebody to help me um, uh, in the house. Um, so we hired uh, a girl, and uh, her name was Josie, and she was amazing, um, helped me, and she was Italian, right from Italy. And she, was, she helped me with the kids, and, and that helped me, you know, it, it was like another support. So when you say friends, she was like a friend, but she, you know, I, she was my, also my employee, and she helped me with, with the kids. But, you know, one of the days, Francesco had to go on the bus, and we would take turns between Josie bringing him to the bus station, not bus station, but the corner to catch the bus, or I would. And he would say, but I want you to take me to the bus. And I'm like, but I really, really want to, but I need to take care of this other stuff. So you, yeah. Josie's got to take you, you know? Yeah. And, and it's only a 10-minute thing, but, you know, it's 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, 10 minutes here. So you have to choose, and, and you know, you have to think, like okay, what do I want to be today? Do I want to be a mother? Do I want to be the fr president of Framar? Do I want to be a wife? Do I want? What do I want to be? <laughs> what, what, maybe I'll just be this for an hour and be that for an hour. I mean, it's just juggling all the time, and you're mm -hmm. guilty in almost everything you do. You feel guilty. God, yes. You really feel guilty. I should be doing this, but I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. And um, then, as you get a little bit older and your kids are older, then you have older parents. So now you're taking care of your parents too. So you're taking care of your husband, your kids, your parents, your work, and then you have nothing left for yourself. Right. Yeah. So that's reality. But you know what? You pick up and you do what you got to do and you have some late nights. And uh, that's when Gio describes coming home from being out and seeing me asleep at my desk like this. Oh, <laughs> he's, the hard work woman just yeah. passed out at her desk. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's it, it, it's it's hard because us women, um, our biological clock does not match with the career. So right. it, it screwed me up. Like I said, I, you know, here I am having kids between you know eleven years to have. I was in diapers. Like eleven years later, I was still doing diapers, and it, it wasn't the plan. And, and I probably, if I didn't start this business or I wasn't in a corporate world or whatever, I probably would have had you know bang bang bang. I mean, if God was going to give me kids, bang, 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 you know, like just, you know, then you can move on with your life. Right. Um, but it, you know, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's unfortunately that, that, uh, not unfortunate, but a woman, you know, we get the kind of the shorter end of the stick sometimes and we just make the best of it and we do what we can do. So if someone's telling you that they got the perfect life, I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's not true. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Did you just, you, 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 you struggle many times you have guilty you're guilty. Um, you know, there's there's so much um, that us women have to think about. You know, when you're you're you know, you're you're cooking, you're cleaning, your your kids, your your school functions, and you want to go on the school trip, and you want to be this, and you want to do that, and this soccer and hockey and and sales meetings and conference calls and just <laughs> how do you fit that all in in one day? You don't, right? You can't. So yeah. you do a little bit of everything mm -hmm. and you try and make every part of your 
daily balance, like, you know, you're, you're everybody happy, mm-hmm. except for you. God, I, I was, <laughs> no, I was hoping you would no. say that. No, I, I feel no. like as an entrepreneur no. and as a successful person, yeah, like the light, you are yeah. unfortunately yeah. No, always No, don't last. think I wasn't happy. No, don't think I wasn't no, happy. No, no, I no, no. I loved what I did and I could yeah. do it all day long. I could talk to all my customers. Uh, as a matter of fact, I miss a lot of my customers because I don't talk to them like I used to. Um, like I, I, we have salespeople that you know that take care of all of our customers now. So I miss I miss seeing them. I miss talking to them. Um, and now again, you know, we go to a trade show and we talk to people. And I'll get I'll pick up the phone once in a while to talk to one of my distributors. But but I miss that part of it. And and I love everything that I do. I love coming to work today. I love working with my kids. I mean I mean oh my God I'm working with that my kids. That is so fun. Yeah. Who who can even though they drive me absolutely crazy. Um, sure. Um, you know I who can say that? So so if you can if you can do the same thing and you can you know run your business and you hopefully have kids and. Your kids can, you know, jump in and, and help you do and grow your company. Um, that's that's what, you, I mean, what more can I ask? Right. I, um, you know, you have to make decisions every single day, whether you're going to be a wife, whether you're going to be a mother, whether you're going to be a, um, you know, a, a daughter of your parents, and, and which role you're going to do. You just, you just do what you can. Mm-hmm. I like that. Just do you what know, you can. It, yeah, do what you can. It, it all falls into place. And... Uh, and here we are today, sitting in Framar. The boys are all doing their job. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so yeah. 30, <laughs> 37 years later, right? 37 years, God. yes. And 42 years of marriage. Wow. Mm-hmm. 42 years, wow. I, yeah. um, when I learned that Framar was still family owned, that's what really. I keep saying like, oh, when I learned this, it's when I fell in love, when I learned, no. But when I learned that Freemar was still family owned and it was, you know, the mom and the dad and then the boys running it and then like opening up to the public and like building a team. I think there's something to be said about that. The fact that the, basically the whole family all still works together and you guys have raised the boys in this industry and in this, in this world and continue to do so. I think, I don't know, there's just something to be said about that. And there's something, there's something very special about that, mm-hmm. especially it being Framar, like what you guys provide. Like it's not just any old company. It's a company that's for the embetterment of, of the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole family doing it together. Yeah. You, gotta, well, you most guys people, find like, balance between each other, which is so cool. Yeah. Most people don't even know that. They think we're some big corporate company. Um, I did. But no, we're, <laughs> we're not that big. Uh, we're quite we're quite small, but at the same time, you know, we are growing, and we're up to 26 people now, wow. um, which is awesome. And you know, we started out, like I said, when we moved into our first warehouse, uh, it was just two of us, mm-hmm. and then this you know, second warehouse, um, six of us, and then the third warehouse, um, I think we're like seven or eight, and. So here we are now, 26 people later, and we still have more people to hire. Yeah. We had to get the building going and everything going, so now we, we still have you know more, a lot of work still to be done. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you follow all these rules and all these guidelines for yourself, you'll, you'll get there. Yeah, you will, you will. Yeah, you will. So Maria, what are your fuck you tools? I know it's such a brash, <laughs> thing to ask but mm. comes comes success like this 
you have to have a level of like f you to everyone you know mm. so <laughs> what are some fuck you tools that you use on a day-to-day -day basis um i don't really have like a, a full answer to that question um the earlier days, I probably had more time to think about what I wanted to focus on my, you know, uh, on my on my goals and everything. I, 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 I can say that when Guy Tang started um, using our tools, and he was on main stage and going around the world, and um, things kind of started to blow up because he was he was global. He actually brought us to be global, um, and. I don't know. I got. It's been. It's been this like climbing roller coasters ever since then. So like you're asking me, what are these tools? I don't even know. You're like, I don't even have time to figure them out. <laughs> I don't even think. I can't even think. Yeah. But the one thing I can tell you um, is that I get pulled in a hundred different directions every day, every day, every single day, and I can't say no to anybody. And he comes in, and I okay, okay. I'll, just give me two minutes, and I'll, I'll get over there. Just give me two minutes, and then I'm on a call, and then another call comes in. I'm like, okay, just, just, you know what? Okay, just, oh my God, just, <laughs> okay, okay, I'll, I'll get there. Um, I, 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 all I can say is that I'm, I've got an amazing team. They, they're my tools. Mm -hmm. My team are my tools. Mm -hmm. They I like that. are helping us get to where we want to go, and it's a team effort. It's, it's not me anymore. Right. It's, 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 it's not me. It's Geo. It's French. It's Claire. It's Sarah. It's Erica, it's, it's Sarah, it's just, it, you know, Trevor, it's everybody, Roberto, it's everybody that's, that's putting everything, all the team, they're my tools. Um, I, I can say that um, another tool might be just maybe, I don't know, exercising my way back to uh, <laughs> being able to jog again, because when I hurt my, um, my knee, I tore my meniscus and I couldn't mm. jog, and Ouch. that's, like I'm gonna, I'm seeing the physiotherapist now, so she's telling me that I can get you back into jogging and and, and doing more sports again. And I'm like, okay, so that could be a tool. But I think really the main tools are, are everybody here at Framar. It's it's a really nice environment. Um, I can say that my heart feels full. Um, people that work here really care about what they're doing. Um, and when I'm on the emails and I see how they answer the emails and I just think, oh, my God, that's me. Oh, my God, they're tur I'm turning them into me. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Because you, you, you mold them, right, how you mm -hmm. want them to be. or how, Not that you want them to be, but how you would answer things. And you're saying, okay, this is how I think you should do things. So I think like, that, that those are the, those are the, the FU tools. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when yeah. I called French and I was like, hey, dude, I really want to interview your mom. And he was like, yeah. And he, I remember the way that he was talking about you and the way that he not like sold you, but he was like, dude, my mom is a powerhouse, you know, and he was just talking about how passionate you were and how intelligent you were and like all these things, you know, French, your mom is a powerhouse. Like, <laughs> but, but hearing again, seeing how your team spoke about the founders that just said a lot and that said a lot that is your tool like your people are your tools because i, yeah. I what i what i'm hearing like the common thread is you know let's just say like you're down you need help like you have this fortress of people who are here to pick mm -hmm. you up and keep you going and i think what i'm gathering from this whole thing is even as me as i like you know continue my entrepreneurial journey 
of, you know, being a CEO and being a founder and stuff is I need to make sure and anyone who's listening, you need to make sure that your the people around you always are always there to help you mm-hmm. and that they believe in you, not necessarily what you're doing, yeah. but believe in you enough to keep you going. And I think that that is like the number one tool. You, you strength in numbers. You should never do yep. anything alone. And you know what? They always have my back. Always. <laughs> always. <laughs> yeah. The boys cut me up all the time, even though they, I know they love me, but they're, they sometimes get on my nerves and uh, I go and complain to the girls. That's what Gio said to me. <laughs> yeah. And they're right there like they got my back. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. They support you no, in any direction. Yep, yeah, they do. And that, that's a really good feeling. It definitely is. And, you know, I'm very thankful for everything that we have. I'm thankful for all the, the great hairstylists who have come on board to Framar and just, just, you know, believed in us and follow us and, and, you know, just be part of our family. So I'm just so grateful for everything that, everything that has come our way. Um, and, uh, and I also want to thank you for, for asking me to do this. I, I, I'm, I'm flattered. I'm very flattered. I am grateful that you came on. Uh, there's so many things that I could say. I could, you know, I just want to blow your head up because I, I just, <laughs> I learned so much about the industry on this call and on this, on this conversation and obviously about your team. And that was what I was so excited about learning. Um, you know, who, who is this powerhouse of a woman and how does she do it? You know, and how I want, I secretly am like, okay, I need some of like Maria's sparkles sprinkled <laughs> onto me to keep me going. You know, it's inspirational to see, to, to know how long you've been doing this and to see like where you're at and to see where you're going and to know what's around you. It's, it's inspirational. And it, it, it gives me hope as someone who wants to make waves and as someone who wants to change the industry myself that I can do it. And this is, this is, a, this is like a, a great uh, blueprint not to follow, mm-hmm. but to, to have close by to me. Cause somebody that I look up to, she did it and she was humble enough to, to at least be like, Hey, like, this is how I did it. And this is how I'm going. And this is what you should do. This is how I, you know, these are the tools that I did. You take yeah. it however you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I could say I have a question for you for hours. Oh gosh. For you. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh gosh. So, you have a question for me. Yeah. So you're still doing hair, right? I do. Yeah. Yes. So you, how many days a week do you do hair? Uh, about two to three, two or three. And then you do education like online in a, in a, in a salon or how to tell me what you do. Um, so I have a, a company called straight out of Cosmo and it's virtual education. It's actually an app. Um, it's an mm-hmm. app that you download and we do, uh, yeah, virtual education on this app. So it's almost like a catalog of education right on the app. Uh, so yeah, that's what I do. So there's you're like, doing, the edu- you're doing the, edu- you're doing the education, you're teaching them different techniques or highlighting or coloring or cutting or whatever. Right. Yeah, and filming it, it and you? editing it. Yeah. yeah, and that's good. That's good. That's from all. It's all you. I've yeah. I've created the app. I I film the app. I do the copy. I do the the filming. I do the editing. I do everything. Wow, that's it's great. A, it's a lot. Yeah. No, that's, I know you that's get it. Awesome. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah it's no, amazing. no, that is that is really cool. So where do you get your education from? What do where do you? Mm, where do I, you know? I've been asked this before. I get my education from pushing boundaries, from a lot of trial and error, a lot of also like conversation. I, mm-hmm. to me, it's kind of funny because I don't, I personally don't 
I don't go take classes. I don't take courses. I like to be by people. So if I, I go to a salon, I'll watch people. I'll talk to the mm -hmm. owners. I'll talk to, I'll ask processes and stuff like that. Sitting in like a class setting doesn't necessarily intrigue me with the hair industry mm -hmm. only because mm -hmm. I'm very artistic. I'm very hands-on. I have, I'm very visual. I can't mm -hmm. necessarily listen to someone talk. I just have to see it. And I got to try stuff yeah. out. I, like I see, I hate to say this, but I see a lot of myself and your husband where he's just like pushing boundaries, trying this out, trying this out, getting your hands dirty. I, I, that's, that's how I am. It's not so mm -hmm. much. Of course I learned from other people like no duh. Yes. Oh no, but, of course. Of course. But I like getting my hands dirty. I want to feel it. I want to smell it. I want to touch it. Like I, that's just, that's kind of how I learned. So when he would take his courses in, um, in the UK, like in, your, in all over Europe, Italy, Italy, mainly Italy, Italy and the UK. So they weren't just courses that you just go there and watch. They were hands-on. He right. would always do a hands-on. Um, yeah. So it, it's never, never, um, put that on the back burner. Like mm -hmm. you should, even though you're doing what you're doing is great and you're pushing boundaries because that's how you, you innovate. You push boundaries, you innovate, and you become a leader in something that you're doing because you've discovered a new way to do something or a different technique. That is so awesome. If Frank wouldn't have done that, wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. Right. So I, I appreciate that. Just that's food for thought. Just no, food that's, for thought. That's something that I've thought about for this coming year because I definitely feel I, I'm in a growing period in a different aspect, like trying to understand how to run a company and how to do mm -hmm. all the logistics and stuff like that. Yeah, like right now, I definitely I can agree that I'm hungry for something something different you know yeah. and i i i appreciate that because that maybe that is what i need oh no i'm just because, I, no this, you open up my eyes i'm like oh, throwing that out there going overseas no, like we'll i'm not saying know. you have to go there twice a year like he's no twice no a i year. know uh, i'm just saying try it once yeah and and get like don't just pick something and go like look at who are the top people that are doing the education in those in those areas Right. And ask questions and see who would be the, where would be the best place to, to do it. Um, the other thing is that for some inspiration, um, put this on your bucket list to go to the Cosmoprof show in Bologna. I'll it's listen the, to it some others. It's one it's one of the biggest shows in um, in Italy, and we used to go to it, Frank and I, and we said someday we're gonna we're gonna exhibit here, and sure enough, we did. We did our first 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 show there in Bologna, probably about I want to say seven or eight years ago, mm -hmm. um, and we went there. Gio, Francesco, myself, Frank, and we hired a new sales rep uh, in the UK, um, and we did that show. We did it maybe three years in a row, and then COVID hit, and then they went back this year and they did it with one of our distributors, um, and it's it's a really cool show to go to now. The show has changed a lot since back then. It used to be like 37 pavilions. So just think of one, sh have you, you've been to a trade show, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so think of that show, 37 of them. Jesus, like, huge. Yeah, so like one of those things would be one company like L'Oreal yeah. or, or um, uh, just whatever, you know, whatever color company. It would be like one, one big like Orlando show would be one company almost. Oh my they God. were just, they're huge, huge. But anyway, put that on your on your list to to go someday, because it it'll open up your eyes on, on a lot of different. Uh, just it it's it's all about beauty and what mm -hmm. everything looks on the outside. Our mouth just dropped when we first went there because we'd never seen anything like it. Right. 
That big. Like you, they build shows from booths from scratch there. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's amazing. Anyway, I do, I do have a question. This is a one-off question because yeah. uh, yeah. uh, recently, mm -hmm. uh, I, ten months ago, that's like the last last year, all of last year, um, a lot of detrimental things happened. I'm not gonna say to me, but to me, within within the beauty industry, and. Oh. So the last like 10 months, I've taken time to just heal from it and to to try and not be afraid of the industry anymore, you know, and mm -hmm. the actually the show that I met Claire at um, was the first show I had been to in 10 years because of how scared I was of people. I know it sounds Aww. kind of crazy, but, you know, it's not to be a pity thing, but that's partially why I haven't really invested and kind of scaled because of a situation that happened this past year that made me afraid of the beauty industry. So I will say that talking to your team and going to that specific show opened up my eyes like, wow, the industry is not as scary as I remember, you know? So now that, you know, I'm navigating this new journey where I'm becoming, getting back out of my shell, not being afraid of people anymore. Have you yeah. ever had a time where that has happened to you? Where something bad happened to what to where it like almost stops you from going in the direction like i i don't let things get i don't let many things get to me but this situation i god i let it get to me and damn did it it set me back quite a bit um, i can tell you there were some scary things that happened yeah um yeah i can't really go into them sure but, um there was one time where we um we're going to make a decision on distributing with a company that would have probably could have ended our company, <laughs> could have wow. ended our company. Yeah. Um, and I said to myself, cause you know, you're always trying to, to build your company and, and, you know, take that opportunity and take that opportunity. But sometimes everything looks great on the outside, mm -hmm. but you gotta do your research. Mm. And we jumped right into it. Mm. And uh, I mean, we didn't jump into it. We were going to jump into it. Right. And then there was agreements and all that stuff. And, and we're reading this and we're saying, I said, I don't feel good about this. I don't sure. feel good about it. And I don't want to do it. Mm. I don't feel right. Cause, but so let's just let's take a step, step back and, and, and let's reevaluate all this. Like, is, do we really want this? And, um, we start talking to more people because we were going to jump in without, without doing our research. Do your research. Just do your research. I right. never, whatever things, you know, if you're going to step into something, do your research. Now, I don't, I don't know, you know, what your situation was, but this particular situation was an opportunity for more business. Right. And sometimes that opportunity for more business is not the right thing. It's not always the right thing. Just do your research and find out that if the wherever you're headed is going to be the right direction for you. Cause I could have really ended Framar. Mm. How I, did, how I, did that, like, how did you navigate that? Like internally when you were like, Oh my gosh, like this could have been really bad. Like, did it, did it, did it set you back at all? Or did it no. were you just like, no, okay, it didn't like, set, it, it didn't, gotta... it, set, it, it didn't set me back. I just, I, I, I was devastated in myself sure. that I let money, um, dictate what we were going to do sure sometimes you have to look at 
where, how, how, how that picture is before you jump into something and, and, and know who you're jumping in bed with before, mm -hmm. you, uh, before you do that. And, and so, you know, thank God, thank God that it, it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that was a, a scary time. Um, and I think, oh my God, what was I going to put my kids in? What was I, what was I going to, you know? And it wasn't just me choosing this. We were all choosing it collectively. It's a collection, think, right. Yeah, that we were going to go forward with this. Oh, a good opportunity. We should go. It's like it did great exposure. Blah 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 blah. And and then we realized, like I just I put the I put the brakes and said I I don't feel it doesn't feel good with me. My gut doesn't feel good. I'm not doing it. And then it kind of like and we didn't I don't know how we were going to get out of it because we hadn't signed anything yet, but it was in the motions. Sure. And we kind of just stopped. Conversing, <laughs> and it kind of just—I don't know. I think God answered my questions. I prayed to God and I said, "What am What am I getting myself into? God, you have to help me. We have to get out of this." And I don't know. God answered my my prayers, and it kind of just magically disappeared. Hmm. That's weird, and I'm telling mm -hmm. you, that was weird, because mm -hmm. something like that doesn't disappear. Right. I can't even explain to you. That was one thing, and then. Um, uh, another time, uh, another time was another, I can't really mention names and everything. Yeah, but, yeah, you yeah. Know, we, we, we were, we were, um, how can I put it? Um, oh, I don't know, I can't explain it to you, but we were. It's a tough spot. <laughs> yeah, in a tough spot where, uh. I can't explain it to you. I can't. Yeah, that, I, no, without, no, you without, don't have to. Without going into to. detail. But you know what? Here's the here's the, the end of that story. You know, you jump into something, and it's great, and it's working beautiful, and all that stuff. And then when it when it gets taken away from you, um, you're like upset, and you're furious, and you're like devastated, and you're just you're just going nuts, and you're like, how could this happen? And da da da, and we didn't do anything wrong. And in the end, it was the best thing that ever happened. It was the best thing, but you don't know it at the time. Yeah. You know, you think your world is coming to an end. Well, a door, a door closes, it's true, another one opens, and another one opened, and we're that much stronger because of it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and, and I remember Gio saying, we're never going to do that again, and I said, no, don't ever say that. No. Because that opened up doors for us, then... Eventually it closed, but it opened up something even Others. bigger. Yeah, yeah. And I, like, without telling you details, like, it just, um, yeah. So that was another two, two big, huge things. Yeah, and there I, might be I, more, too, that, you know, don't come to my mind right um, at this time. I try to remind myself that, that I am 27 and that I will make a lot of mistakes. That was definitely the biggest mistake I'd ever made. I shouldn't even say mistake. It wasn't a mistake. I'm very grateful that it Just, happened. Um, did the aftermath suck? A wrong decision maybe sometimes because sometimes somebody else is helping you make that decision. Not somebody else. Maybe somebody else or maybe money. I'm just saying money can drive you into doing things that you don't yeah. know what you're getting yourself into. And, and money is not the be all end all. It sometimes, like I said, you have to just be happy and be happy with like a, with what you have. Yeah. Instead of jumping to something you're not really sure about and who you're going into this with. Yes, that is a great way to put it. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I, I appreciate that just because like, that's the transparency on my side when I took a step back last year and now I'm trying to get back into the things, you know, and I want to grow myself as a, as a stylist and take education and meet other people and continue having conversations like this with people who I aspire to be. Um, so thank you. Thank you for that honest answer. Oh my God, you're welcome. You're, you're welcome very much. I enjoyed talking with you. I look forward to you coming to Niagara. Yeah, I, I'll be planning a trip next week. No, <laughs> no, I, I would absolutely love to. Um, yeah, yeah. I guys, thank you all so much for listening to this glorious podcast episode. I hope that everyone learned a thing or two from the infamous the Mar and Frey Mar. And we got to listen to Frank call me yeah. Elizabeth, which was iconic. <laughs> Truly, it was iconic. Um, Maria, thank you so much for coming on and, and us taking up time and just taking the time to be open and honest about entrepreneurship, being a woman in the industry, being a trailblazer in this industry. Um, I feel inspired. I'm excited to get off the call, eat some lunch and go to work. You know, I'm, I'm super pumped. Um, but guys, make sure you like, you like, make sure you subscribe. And I don't even know, how do I end these things? I literally always forget. <laughs> make sure you subscribe to the podcast, <laughs> like it on whatever platform you're watching on. Tell all your friends, especially about this episode. This episode is iconic. This episode is exclusive. This episode is sexy. It's juicy. Um, but there's always one thing that I like to leave everybody with, and that is be so unapologetically yourself that it inspires others to do the same. Thank you, everyone. You Thank you it. most for listening. Thank you.